This is NFA Talk, the show that talks about guns and gun rights, keeping you up to date with what's currently going on. From the newest guns, promotions, and events, plus how we're lobbying for your rights. All right, we're back with another episode of NFA Talk, the show that's live and unscripted. Joining me tonight, I have Rick Igersage and I have Cassie Premack. And Cassie is the owner of KKS Tactical. How's everybody doing tonight? Good, Jordan. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So we got a, we got a lot to talk about tonight. So let's let's work our way back and um, let's start with the C71 uh, Long Gun Registry 2.0 that just started yesterday. Uh, I mean, Cassie, you're you're right in the storefront, so maybe you can give us uh, what was it like day one? Uh, day one was slow in the store, honestly, we, which we anticipated. We definitely had a bit of a surge in sales right up before it with people not really wanting to participate. We started a House of Commons petition with the support of Todd Doherty last week. It went live. So we've been doing a lot of push on social media to try and get that kind of moving. Last time I checked, we were at about 8,000 um, uh, signatures on the petition, which is good. We'd like to see it, obviously, gain more support and get more people clicking to that. So that would be amazing if people are watching, if they could do that for us. Um, and then of course, yesterday was just trying to figure out how the new system worked. Um, up until yesterday morning, there really wasn't a lot of information available. We obviously contacted our local CFO who put us towards the provincial one, who at the time when we first started messaging had no idea what was happening. Um, I got a great email saying that there is no announcement, so there's nothing to say which was very frustrating as a business owner because you obviously want to be able to support your staff and support your customers and give them the knowledge that they're asking for. Um, so yesterday I, I did up my own little mini test route, I guess I could call it, and put my information through and did one so I could at least tell my staff how to do it when I had a customer come in and walk them through the process. It's annoying. It's frustrating. It's slow. It crashed three times. Um, there's a lot of things I think that they they could improve on. I mean, one of being just scrap the entire thing altogether. But um, <laughs> there, so there was a lot of there was a lot of glitches. Yeah. Uh oh. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, actually, I was in one of my uh, local gun shops the other day, and uh, they were having some issues too. They mentioned that it crashed a few times, but uh, a lot of uh, apparently there's some portal, and uh, when uh, when they entered it, and uh, if. Uh, if uh, the person wouldn't uh, provide their email address, they had to phone phone it in. And uh, my guy, uh, like Mark from Tilsburg Gun Shop, was saying that uh, that uh, so he was, you know, sometimes you spend 12, 15, 18 minutes with a customer while other customers are waiting. And, uh, you know, it's definitely affecting his business. You know, people were walking out and, uh, you know, and there, I heard of, uh, you know, not just that gun shop, but I heard of other gun shops. I don't know if this happened at your gun shop at all, Cassie, but I heard of couple people sorry guys i think my internet's kind of being slow i apologize uh no problem it it, it might be on the same server as the government that's running the uh this new long gun registry right right? (laughs) anyway i was saying that uh, i talked to uh, my guy said that uh it's actually affecting his business because people are actually walking out and uh and uh, other people with uh with good with good pals are uh are being declined and uh 
I know, uh, I know there was, uh, Blair was saying that he had a couple customers just outright declined, uh, because, and their pals seemed to be all right. I, I don't know if you experienced that yet. I guess, I guess business is slow because everybody got their shopping done before, uh, before they put C71 <laughs> yeah. into place. But, uh, yeah. So I don't know if, uh, if you've, if you've seen that at your shop yet or not, Cassie. Not a whole lot of that just yet. Um, more just people not willing to even look at guns. They're just worried about having their information written down. There's a lot of mistrust around what's going on. I mean, after the last OIC and still being no resolution to that, people just don't trust new gun legislation. They don't trust that this is in their best interests and that this isn't going to somehow end up in some kind of long gun registry in a database with the RCMP. And it's hard to say it's not going to when we've already been told this isn't going to happen and now here we are. So it's... That part, it's, I think, is pretty slow it, for us. It's almost this, it, like this is what the government wants. You know, yeah. let let's let's get them, let's slow them down, let's uh, let's deter them from from buying long guns, right? And, and the the big thing is, let them uh, do all the work for the government. You guys have to keep the records. They're not keeping the records. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, well, you know, the, the the talk on the street is that uh, eventually they're going to come and, and they're going to grab all your uh, all your records and it's going to go into a, a long gun registry 2.0. Which, uh, which, uh, with the Justin Trudeau government said that uh, he'd uh, he'd never uh, he'd never put the long gun registry back in place, and here we go. Well, and that's exactly my feeling. I mean, when you look at it, you've got to keep the records for twenty years. How many businesses that you know are open for twenty years? I don't know many, especially in our economy, with the way our inflation is going, the challenges that small business owners have kind of faced over the last two years. Realistically, twenty years is a really long time, and if as a business owner, if I decided to close my business, I'd have to turn that over to the CFP so they can put it into a database. Are you telling <laughs> and, me right like that right there? And you know what? It was crazy. Somebody pointed this out to me, but you don't you don't have to keep your taxes past seven years. No, I don't. <laughs> Twenty years for guns. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's silly. Yeah, there's a comment on there uh, from Canadian Cutthroat, like High River. Yep, that's kind of the way it's going. You know, it's just, uh, it's, it, you know, I just, it's nothing short of ludicrous. I uh, actually wrote on it in my column at the CFJ that, uh, that this is just a, you know, it, it, we can see the writing on the wall and, uh, you know, they, they, they say, oh, it's not a gun registry. It's not a gun registry. It's definitely a gun registry, folks. It's a gun, long gun registry 2.0. There's no doubt about it. It's, it's almost it's, it's almost like they set this up to fail though like I mean nobody nobody knows what's going on the CFO didn't know until a couple of days prior the stores weren't noticed till what about a day day or two in advance and and the, what they're gonna do is they're gonna say hey we tried it this way it failed let's just go back to the original long gun registry that's I, that's I, what I, it seems like to me right I, I think they, the reason they did that Jordan is because uh, remember when they were uh, when they were talking the OIC and the AR15 ban and they let the cat out of the bag a few months ahead. The sales went crazy on AR-15s and other uh, other firearms that were going to be on the list. I think they they uh, held off right to the end with this one, so so that people wouldn't go out there and uh, and and load up on guns. Uh, we did kind of uh, we 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 weren't sure, but we did kind of get the word out there that that it was going to happen, and uh, a lot of people did get out early. I know uh, I know the the gun shops that uh, I I visited in my area. The three or four or five days before uh, before it started, they were lined up outside around the corners at all gun shops. People are buying guns like crazy. People were actually buying went into a gun shop to buy a particular gun. They didn't they didn't have the one they wanted, and they walked out with another one just just to do it. So, you know that uh, 
Justin Trudeau is a great, great gun salesman. There's no doubt about that. You could just keep it long term. That would yeah. be really cool because I mean, yeah. <laughs> spurts where he really helps yeah. and then tanks yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, like, so we, we have that that came into play. And it's not like we really didn't know about it because, I mean, the legislation yeah. did pass in 2019, right? We just, with with everything that was going on, and then they brought out the, the OIC of May 1st. And, I mean, so, Cassie, how is that now? Because they just added an extension till October 2023. And you're, I, I take it you're still sitting on product that you can't, oh, you can't do anything with, right? So. No, sitting at close to $70,000 worth of inventory that I can't move, I can't sell. And it's funny because when you talk to people who are like, oh, it's just $70,000 worth of inventory, that may not seem like a big deal to a multi-million dollar company, right? Cabela's or um, some of the larger companies, but it, for a small business like ours, it's a big deal. And it's not just the sale of those firearms, though, that I can't move that inventory or replace that inventory. It's the things that went with those firearms. So ammunition, bulk ammunition, there's well, I mean, part of it's an ammunition issue of getting ammunition in, but the sales of ammunitions plummeted after that because you don't have the same people going out and using their ARs or their AR-10s and they don't have the need for that much ammunition. Um, it's also things like scopes and all the accessories, magazines, those sales are definitely down since the OIC. So it affects everything. It didn't just affect on that one day. And I mean, it's frustrating too as a business owner because we're constantly scouring the internet and checking the frts to see what's been added or what yeah. could be added right i mean that's, that's why the nfa and solomon friedman picked you to uh to take this to court uh cassie premack versus canada uh again this is a this is a court case that the uh, <laughs> nfa is funding uh could you just touch on the court case i know the i don't i know you don't know a lot it just yeah. uh there's not a lot of information out there and we really can't get into any details but if you just want to touch on what's going on with the, with our court case Cass. Yeah, for sure. So Solomon um, Freeman is obviously an incredible attorney. He's very knowledgeable when it comes to firearms law. And I know that he's put together a lot of evidence that he's presenting. We worked on an affidavit um, some months back. So I'm anticipating hopefully in the next few months that we'll start to see a little bit of movement. Um, unfortunately, it's painfully slow. And it, we see that with the that extension that you mentioned, Jordan, of the amnesty. The federal government's not really that concerned about coming to the table. They're concerned about making noise and making themselves look good, but they're not really concerned about making any real changes or difference, is my opinion. Um, so at this point, it's just a matter of Solomon working in the background, and he's working really hard. And I know he's working with the other teams as well to collaborate on different evidence. They are sharing affidavits too, right? So um, it's it's slow. That's the most painful part about this. And I get almost daily comments about it of people asking while they're in the store, how is it going? Can you share anything? And I really hope that I can soon. Um, I know I'm really grateful to the NFA for all of your guys' support. You guys have been amazing by setting up your donation portal on the NFA site and just being there and sharing the information as we have it. Um, but at this point, it leaves all of us as firearms owners in limbo, right? I mean, as much as I'm the face of this lawsuit, it's not about just myself and our store, right? It's about how did this affect our community as firearms ownership, as well as Canada as, as a whole. When I look at this type of lawsuit and what we're doing, it's about our rights as Canadians and what our freedoms as Canadians. And whether you are a firearms owner or not, this affects when you put a law into place the way that they did with this. It affects our ability to change our laws in the future, and it affects our rights as Canadians. It was firearms this time, but it could be mental health services or any other number of things. So it's, I hope, really soon to see some changes, but 
Yeah. yeah. Well, it, you know, the it, talk it really, is in Ontario. Was, we've got an election. We've got a provincial election coming up, and the Liberals uh, already stated that if they're elected, they're going to ban all handguns in Ontario. So, the NFA is definitely going to be in that fight, and we're going to be on the ground floor of that one. If uh, if that if that if that comes about, uh, we're not going to we're we're going to challenge them any any way possible. And as far as your case too, in this extent, and there's no uh, there's no end in sight. Well. You know, the, the, the Liberals bought themselves a bunch of time by forming a coalition government with the NDP. They're kind of riding in there pretty, you know, pretty good right now. They don't have to make that. They don't, they're not on the spot with any of this stuff. So, no. you know, but you know what? I'll tell you what, we're not going to forget. And, you know, we're going to, we're, we're going to be mentioning this as much as we can. And, uh, you know, we're out to win this case. And, uh, I, 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 you know, I, I have a good feeling that we're going to. I agree. I, I truly believe that we will win and that we will see these changes. It's just in the meantime, hoping that they don't continue to attack us to so much to the degree that they have been. I mean, when we see our prime minister earlier this week calling conservatives and firearms owners uh, racist, right, that our laws, instead of targeting crime and being more stringent about our crimes, that it's actually racist. And it was the conservative government that created these racist laws. You're really looking at division and you're intentionally creating division in our country. And I, we well, being in British Columbia, you touched on the handgun ban. Unfortunately, in British Columbia, we're in a very similar position as we are um, as a country where our voting base is in the lower mainland, um, really not very firearm friendly. Not that there aren't people who are firearm friendly in the lower mainland, but the bulk of people. So, I mean, when we were first talking about the handgun bans and allowing municipalities to ban them, some of the mayors down in the lower mainland were the first people in the country to say, yeah, we're on board. And as a business owner and as a firearms owner, that really worries me in British Columbia, because if we were to put that as to a vote, there's a good chance that if the lower mainland said, yes, we don't want handguns, the rest of British Columbia, which makes up over 90% geographically of the province, would be stuck also not allowed to have handguns. So it's frustrating, honestly. And that's just one of the many things that the liberal government has pushed forward in the last couple of years, right? We just adding C seventy one and this idea of uh, magazine capacity limits, and instead of having the pins like we use and are legally using and have been using for many years, we're going to have to have magazines that are manufactured specifically for that caliber, no pins. Yeah. And it is not gonna, a huge market. Yeah. Right? That's like, gonna that's that's gonna be a problem because like the, most of these manufacturers they're they're building around the United States, hundred percent. So and we're you know they they don't have, well they they do kind of have magazine capacities, but it's it's what they were made for. They have hundred round magazines, sixty round magazines. Okay. So you know by by us bringing those in and putting a pin in there, and we're law abiding citizens, yeah. we're complying with the law. You know we could we can take away magazines, we can take away magazine capacities, and you know what at the end of the day somebody's going to still go over to the United States or, or any other country and smuggle one of those in. And where are we left with, you know, we bad tried guys are going to continue to be bad guys, you know, and that's our biggest, that's our, one of our, one of our major struggles with the NFA is reaching out to people that aren't firearms people. They need to understand that this is your personal property. This just isn't a firearm. This is your personal property. So, the, the government's going to come and uh, take our uh, take our uh, AR-15s one day. Then uh, a few months later, they're going to come and take our handguns. What's to stop them from coming and take your uh, your car because it's got over a 350 cubic inch in- engine in it? You know, where, oh, where does it end? People need to take them. Yeah, we're pushing towards that already. We see that all across the country. And I mean, it's a a rural versus urban divide that we see as well. So we've got completely different needs in urban Canada than we do in rural Canada. We have over 3,500 municipalities, about 15 of them make up the bulk of our population. And that leaves the rest of us. And 
there shouldn't have to be a them versus us. I'm the first person to say as a mother, as a business owner, as a community member, that I emphasize with the people who live in these urban centers who are looking for safety, right? That's the that's always the motto. It's for the safety of all Canadians. It's, it's about safety and safety and safety. Why don't we do things that actually impact safety then, right? Because taking yours and my firearms away doesn't impact safety. In fact, it probably does the opposite because we have criminals who have decided to be criminals for whatever reason. And I mean, we know there are some amazing studies and some amazing documentaries, even out of the Toronto area, that go into the things that cause people to become criminals, that turn people to that lifestyle. And we know that those things are poverty and we know that it is mental health related. We know that if we can get to youth before they're 11 years old, that they're less likely to turn to criminal lifestyles. Nobody chooses that. You don't have a small child, like my eight-year-old's not going up one morning and going, oh yeah, this is the way I want to go. It's children are put in these situations and young adults are put in these situations. And as they grow and they're not given the support that they need, they start turning towards crime. And it's a way for them to live, right? Sorry, my cat just stuck his head over the top. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, but I mean, you know, what's really disturbing too, um, you know, like Dane Lloyd in the house the other day, he brought to light that, you know, the government said that they were, they were going to start funding the streets and gangs and, and borders. And I, what was it like? I, I don't know the exact number. I don't want to commit to a number, but I think it was like one third of the support that they promised had made it to, to these programs, mm-hmm. but yet they're, they're willing to spend upwards of a billion dollars, if not more to buy back these guns. From from law abiding vetted Canadians. Well, well, so, well. At the same time, they're softening sentences for the hardcore criminals. Yeah, people that are the people that are. What's that bill that just came out, Jordan? C five, C five, just came out. You know, they're 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 being soft on criminals, and uh, you know what? And most law abiding citizens in Canada that are vetted every day, firearms owners, they're they're jumping on us. But you know what? There's it. it if one of us were to be charged with uh, with a, an offensive firearms, like you know, if your pal runs out, you know, section ninety one of the criminal code, you know, we, we're 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 going to get jail time. But meanwhile, a, a, a hardcore gang guy from Toronto that uh, that commits a crime with a gun is is going to get a soft sentence. None of it makes any sense. None of it. No, it doesn't make any sense at all. And like I said, it comes back to where should we be putting our money as Canadians? And we as taxpayers, I find it frustrating and I see it over and over again it, even like things like this petition you ask people to sign a petition and they say well what's the point right why call my MP why make my voice heard not understanding that if you are silent you're complicit if you aren't saying you're not okay with this if you're not willing to have that dialogue and speak up for the things that are important to you and as firearms ownership these things should be important to you then you're agreeing to it you might as well have sided with the liberals and said okay it's fine because nothing's going to change when it comes down to fighting these things in court, like what we're doing right now, if we don't have things like petitions from the house of commons that with the support, like the one that was uh, out for C71, it was the most signed petition in Canadian history. Yes. It didn't get us the results that we wanted immediately, but when we go to court and we're showing, okay, this is not what Canadians want. This is what people are looking for. And this is why we need to be able to show that our voice is heard. And I mean, we live in an instant gratification society. I get that. We all do. But we need to put the work in and we need to continue to use our voices in ways that are We need to educate people and people, you know, it's hard educating people. People just don't want to listen, you know. And uh, there's firearms people out there that uh, that aren't concerned about it either. You know, you 
I've been to clubs where uh, certain people have been shooting their, you know, their single shot or their over and under shotgun and saying, well, that, this doesn't affect us. We really don't care about this. You know, we're not going to go out and vote because this doesn't affect us. And, you know, then you tell them, well, you're, you know, you're over and under. There's a semi-automatic. Oh, no, it's not. It's a break action shotgun. I was so, well, you look at the Liberals' definition of a semi-automatic. Every time you depress the trigger uh, around discharges, you've got a two-shot semi-automatic there. And uh, then they look at you and they go, well, I never thought about it that way. You know, no, stuff exactly. like that. It just, and we're trying to educate these people. It's hard. It's a struggle educating these people. We well, actually I, started something really cool at the store this year. Um, so what I started doing was an introduction to firearm safety and firearms for women and then as well as youth. And it was just a new idea for us. It was kind of, we'd just come out of a really slow winter and it was starting to get nice out. And we're thinking, okay, how do we get people out to enjoy firearms? And so we posted it as an introduction to women's. I thought I'd get like four people ended up with wait lists, huge wait lists of nice. oh, wow. and requests from moms and dads saying, Hey, are you also doing this for kids? And it's been really fun. We did uh, about eight straight weeks of them so far. We're taking a small break. We'll start up again in, uh, in July, but we take these ladies out to the range or these youth out to the range. I bring an assortment of firearms and they joke with me when I open the back of my SUV and they're like, Oh my goodness, you have an arsenal. And I'm like, no, it's not that bad. <laughs> like, there's nowhere near what it should be here. Um, yeah, you should see Jordan's house. That's great that you're doing that Cassie. Actually, we've got an event too, to introduce people to shooting. It's on, uh, it's on June 4th. That's at Silverdale gun club. It's, it's, it's called top gun. It's a live fire event. Uh, Jordan, if you could uh, explain what that's all about. And uh, it's the same thing. It's to get new people shooting and out to the gun range. And uh, Yeah, you know. no, it, it, that, that was the whole thing, right? So we, we designed this uh, this day. And what it was for was, the, was to get people that don't shoot firearms. Come out, see what it's about. We'll walk you through it. We'll put you up on the line. We'll, we'll put a firearm in your hand. You pull the trigger. You find out that it's not as scary as, as this government makes it out to be. We'll go over, you know, storage regulations. We'll show them because a lot of a lot of Canadians that don't have a PAL don't even know our laws, right? So it's like an educational plus a fun day for anybody that wants to come out. Uh, even if you you're in the firearms, we're gonna have vendors there. We're gonna have uh, uh, like Glock's gonna be there. They're gonna have all their all their guns for you to try. There's gonna be demos. Uh, Import Tactical's got uh, it's gonna have some guns on the line that you can try out. So it's kind of like for for the firearms people that have their PALs. Uh, come out, try try a different gun. If you're looking to buy one, then that's the time to te test drive it, I guess you can say. And then for, for the people that don't have their firearms license, you know what, maybe by the end of the day, you'll be signing up for a, for a PAL course. And uh, I, I'm really excited for this. And I, I really hope that we do get a lot of non-firearms owners out there because I, I think that's where we have to really target as well is is educating some of these people and showing them that, hey, like what the government says is, is just false right like it, it's it's not like that no yeah, we need to we need our viewers to spread the word because uh you know that's that's how that's how we get things done in the firearm in the as firearms owners you know we we, we spread the word amongst ourselves and get out to non-firearms owner tell your fr friends tell your family you know basically come out to silverdale if you want to shoot five rounds of uh 44 magnum you you buy five rounds of 44 magnum you can't you walk up you we set you up, we load the gun for you. We, we, we make sure you're safe and you can shoot the five rounds of 44 Magnum off or 223, whatever you want, 300 wind mag. We, you know, we're probably going to have probably, I don't know, I guess probably 40 or 50 different uh, calibers there and probably a hundred different guns. Uh, I know uh, NFA has done this before and we've showed up with 30 of our own guns and, uh, and uh, 
you know, I'm the old school guy with the old revolvers and stuff, and Jordan's the the new space age guy. So we're gonna have both there, and, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's gonna right. be a lot of fun. You know, come out, folks. It's gonna be great. Like I say, it's uh, it's on June fourth. Uh, all you have to do is show up. There's no uh, there's no uh, admission. You just show up. You uh, whatever you want to shoot. You just tell us what you want to shoot. Buy the ammo for that firearm and go shoot it. And have a. I'll guarantee you're gonna be going back to the ammo counter and buying some more ammo. That's amazing. Yeah, it's very yeah. similar to what we do then. Yeah. Um, we started with 22s. I take them through the 22s. I take them through center fires. I take them through handguns. Our uh, local PG shoot- steel shooters, they set up a, a stage for them. Like the idea behind it is that it should be accessible, right? Uh, most of the people I have come out don't have a firearms license. They've either had a bad experience with firearms, either somebody did something that really put them in an unsafe situation or they were never included. I mean, that's the case for myself and a lot of other women I know is that they haven't been included normally. So they're starting to get a little bit braver. They want to get out Um, with the kids. It's just learning. I mean, when we were kids, there was a firearm in our home, right? We knew not to touch it. We knew all those things, but most kids now, unless you are in our community. And I mean, in my community, there's tons of people with firearms, but we don't teach it the way we did before, right? Our kids aren't exposed to it the way they were in school and the safety around it. So it's important to get those people out. I know most ranges from my experience are really open to having people come out and try out their facilities. So. Yeah. And the, th- and the thing is, you know, we've done a few of these events in the past and I don't ever recall somebody walking off the range without a smile on their face, especially yeah. a new person, you know, somebody that's, that, that, that's a, that's a firearms enthusiast. Well, that's one thing, but a new person, I don't ever recall one walking off the range without a big smile on their face after they uh, sent some rounds down range. Well, I agree. I find the handguns are the most popular for our group. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to have a bunch of, we're going to have a bunch of prohibs and stuff there too. So. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. I kind of want to fly out. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah, more than welcome to. We're going to have some cool prohibs out there and stuff too. So, uh, and uh, we're going to actually have uh, one of our guys, uh, not one of our guys, but uh, uh, one of the fellows is bringing out a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, 12, 2, and 12, 3 stuff, which is uh, going to be on display there too. So, you know, if you want to come out and see some machine guns, you can see some machine guns. Unfortunately, you can't shoot them, but you can come and look at them. This is all uh, stuff that's actually used in the movies. So, uh, it's, really it's cool. going to be kind of neat. We actually have uh, part of our firearms license where you're allowed to sell prohibited guns. Yeah. So firearms. And we have some really cool ones that we're trying to sell right now. We've got an old brand and an old Sten that are yeah. just in some of the best condition I've seen of any outside of a museum. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I have to say so many people have never been close enough to actually know what they look like in person aside from out of the movies. Yeah. So. yeah. And the thing is, too, like, you know, a lot of people are like his, uh, historians. There's going to be a lot of historic. Fire- we're going to have a lot of historic firearms out there also, you know, right both world war stuff and you know stuff that was built pre-wars and civilian stuff it's all going to be there come on out folks you want to see it and shoot it come on out that sounds like a great opportunity yeah right well uh we've been going for about what 20 to about half an hour or so so (laughs) why don't we uh why don't we wrap it up here for tonight um Cassie, as as always, it's it's great. This you know, it's not the first time you've been on the show, and yeah. it's I'm sure it's not going to be the last time. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Cassie. Thank you, guys. It was really nice to be a part of it today. All right, and uh, until next time, thank you everybody for tuning in. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening to this episode of NFA Talk. Like and follow the NFA on social media, and sign up to become a member. 